Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, and I'm so grateful that you have decided to spend a little bit of time with me and my guests to learn a little something. I have a fantastic network of amazing people who make my life richer in so many ways. They make my personal life better, my business life better, my whole life better, and I want to share their stories and their teachings with you so that you can make your life better as well. We are all meant to do great things in our particular domains, and I hope that some of what you learned today may help you to live in your greatness. Hello and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, and we have a fantastic guest today, Peter Herrett, author of The Rings of Hesseron, which is very exciting for me because I've had all kinds of different people. You know, the, the idea of this podcast is I'm the guy who knows a guy, but a lot of my background is in the sci-fi space, running sci-fi events and whatnot, and this is the first author that we've had on the show. So very exciting to have you here. Peter, how are you doing? Excellent. Bright sunny day out here in the Seattle area. Awesome. A sunny day in Seattle. We, we yeah, I know. That's right. <laughs> Everybody's on the edge of their seat over that. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's out frolicking. So, so so if we hear sounds of frolicking and frivolity outside, it's because it's uh-huh. sunny. Yeah, and people around. dancing in the streets. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I've had the chance to read some of your book. Uh, your your team sent me the Moby file. And actually, I downloaded technology to be able to read it just for this book. Uh, I, I was never really into ebooks, but... I had that, and that was the only way I could get it in time for the interview, and I said, I'm going to figure this out. So you have opened me up to the world of reading books on my phone, which I never thought was a thing, and now it is. So so this has already is, been a, yeah. a great experience, and so I, I've read a bit, but uh, I know you're kind of doing a, a whirlwind tour of promotion. I saw on your website you've been on a few other podcasts and doing a great job with that. Um, so so let's start with, from the very beginning, a little bit about you and who you are and and how you got into writing this book. Well, I've done a lot of writing, but not not novels. And um, maybe I avoided it because I didn't think I had a story. Uh, I thought I could write and and uh, didn't have a story. And then after I got going on it, I figured out that I can't write and, <laughs> and but have a story. And and so everybody has a maybe a gift or something like that. But 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 as it turns out, uh, unknowingly, my my gift is the story. Okay. And so what, what were you writing before? Um, I've had, um, you know, a dozen businesses and I wrote all the technical data, the sales literature, um, you know, the M- even the MSDS sheets for business, um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, half a dozen websites, well, more than that, uh, probably 10 or 15 websites. Wrote, I wrote everything. Okay. But I never, I never thought I had a story until I actually um, sat down and tried to do it. Very good. So, so how long did it take you to to write this book? Two years. Okay. But but I, uh, being a first time novelist, I didn't know how much volume I needed, and and, and you know volume is no problem for me. A writer's block doesn't exist in, in 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 me, and so I just sat down and started writing. Well, I wrote a hundred and eighty thousand words, not knowing um, how many words I needed, which is about a book and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it was 900 pages you know so uh I, that gave me a you know i i rearranged things a little bit to fit better and it gave me a good start on the second book and the second book will be uh released uh this summer very good and and it'll end up being a series of four awesome uh it i mean 900 is not that bad i think the game of thrones books are all that length but it is a a bit audacious to to push that onto the audience so 
Uh, probably better do a series of somewhat shorter books than than massive War and Peace sized novels. Yeah. <laughs> so what what uh, uh, so let me start with the, with the book itself. So how did you come up with the name uh, Hesseron? Oh, that's a good story because I was uh, one day I was you know writing and I started looking around the room. I knew I had to come up with a name for this planet. So so I'm I'm looking at this that and the other thing, Saccharice and and uh, you know. Uh, uh, toast and pop-ups and things like that. <laughs> Got to come up with a name. So there's a, a, a thesaurus sitting there. And I start sharing that going, well, you know, if you take off the, the T and replace it with something else and take off that S, you, you maybe you got something there. So I put an H on the front and an N on the end. And, and, and thesaurus went from that to Hesseron. There you go. So, yeah, so that, that, I guess that's how stuff happens. Yeah, so I was interested to know kind of where those those ideas come from, and uh, and, and so so what what inspired you to start? You know, obviously you've written a lot of different things, uh, and and the book certainly does not have the feel of a, an information sheet or a sales sales document. Um, what inspired you to to start writing a novel? Well, my daughter, my daughter, uh, I have uh, you know, three daughters at home, and the youngest one had a homework assignment. Her her name's Valerie, and that just also happens to be the the uh, name of the um, heroine in the Hesron Rings series. Well, uh, Valerie, my daughter, had a homework assignment. She had to come up with a, a story, and uh, my wife asked her for for some help. She wanted me to help her with the story. Okay, so so um, we came up with a, a Supergirl type story, and, uh, and this uh, Supergirl was empowered by magic rings. And uh, guess what it turned into? I couldn't leave it alone. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, after she, after the homework assignment was done, I started looking at that and I said, I said, that's not right. So I started, I, I started writing the story and, and my way and it turned into the Rings of Hesseron. So, so your daughter wrote the story wrong and you needed to fix it? Uh, that's how I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, which is how we know that you are a true author because. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't leave it alone. It was, you know, pretty soon I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning to write and and uh, lawn mowing and and uh, housework, uh, uh, TV and and reading went right out the window. And and uh, I I don't think I've watched anything more than a baseball game or football game since. I'm, I'm I have this image of you in your house with the grass about three feet tall and your beard about three <laughs> feet long. I was like, must must write this book. Must keep writing. Must keep yeah. writing. What's uh -huh. gonna happen to Valerie next? I need yeah, to. She, she's like, do the adventure. Yeah, that's it. That's about it. And I see I run two, two or three, two businesses now. Actually, it's three, but let's who's counting. Mm -hmm. But but I'm a pretty busy guy. And, and uh, for, you know, I never said anything the whole time I was writing. And then one day I went to work and said, uh, yeah, I finished my book. And they go, what book? <laughs> you don't have time. You don't have time to do anything uh, that people can't figure out how I found the time to do that and have a family and run businesses. So uh, that, you know, uh, you, you cut lawn mowing and, and reading and TV out of your schedule and you can find time to do stuff. Yeah. If, if you're focused enough. So what are the businesses you run? Uh, we have a, um, a custom car build shop in, in Arlington, Washington named top secret customs and restorations. And then, um, that, uh, kind of morphed people would come into our shop and, and ask, how can I get a, a car lift? So, so we, we started uh, producing um, uh, auto shop machinery, you know, car lifts and rotisseries and, and that kind of thing. And um, 
that that turned into Olympic uh, shop equipment, and and that's a going concern as well now. In fact, oh, that's going to be end up being way bigger than the the uh, restoration shop. That that is often how it turns out. That the thing mm-hmm. you do by accident yeah. turns into the turns into something else. Uh, I, I have a, a motivational podcast that I do called Morning Motivation that started out as a a one off thing I was going to do for one month to get people fired up for 2021, and and then it took off and people just started sharing it around and and listenership grew and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? I guess I'll keep doing it. So yeah. Uh, so, so to getting back to the to the book, uh, so what what are uh, you kind of give a, give me a summary of of what this book's about and and why someone would want to read it? Well, I um, I've always read a lot of science fiction and and really enjoyed uh, the movie. So sorry about that sound. Let me sorry turn let me turn that down. Yep. So I uh, uh, really enjoy science fiction and fantasy. You know. The Hobbit uh, w- was uh, really great. Um, I also have read the, all, a lot of the classics. Um, more recent stuff, too. Uh, some of my favorite books are, are uh, you know, Ender's Game, mm-hmm. Orson Scott Card, Cryptonomicon yep. by Neil Stevenson, Andy Weir. Yep, great. great uh, stuff like that. And... Uh, um, it seemed to me that a lot of the the books that you you buy and 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 also I've I've done a lot of uh, listening to Audible. It's it's one space fleet uh, uh, facing off against another, uh, armies uh, shooting at each other. It's all about the tech rather than the people. And I wanted to write something about the people, and and so uh, my stuff is kind of light on the tech and and long on the people. And so I really enjoy developing the characters, creating them, and, and, and um, uh, really uh, making uh, their, you know, the personal uh, experience uh, vivid to the reader. And, and it's worked out very nicely. And, and uh, if you look at the reviews on The Rings of Hesseron, everybody seems to comment on that, on the character development. So uh, that part is, I, I think, was very successful. And and it's a fresh look at at uh, science fiction and fantasy, and not just a rehash or armies facing off against one another. I think that's fresh. Yeah, that's and and a lot of people say that the thing about science fiction is it kind of gives you an, an open field to explore more universal topics because you don't have the biases when you're dealing with alien races and alien and future technology. You don't have the the bias people ascribe to it, but you can use it as an allegory to discuss. Things that maybe you couldn't talk about if you said it in in the modern day. Yeah, the Rings of Hesseron is is uh, you know it's got uh, spaceships and aliens and uh, time travel and and uh, you know a journey journey by a lot of different characters. But uh, you you probably won't see uh, space fleets facing off against one another, blowing each other up. Okay, you know that's not what it's about. Awesome. Uh, so, 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 what are some of the themes that you you really explore around the the? I was gonna say the human characters around the the person characters, some of whom I assume are and are not human. Um, that's a kind of a hard question. Uh, you know, a lot of write, a lot of writers start out with a um, a outline and they plot everything out, and and I never did that. I just sat down and started developing characters, and then fit them into the storyline. 
which I think that's a different way of writing than, than, um, is, than what is common. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the volume, you know, the, like I say, volume's never a problem with me. So I, I really developed the characters very nicely. And, and um, uh, so there's, you know, the main theme in the story is, is uh, there's the, the heroine starts out as a, uh, a four-year-old girl on a, on a, um, a plant on the planet Hesseron. And uh, she's with an alien and, and the alien has been gifted by these uh, sentient rings, the rings of Hesseron. They're alive, they're sentient and, and, and powerful. And the, the planet has been, been stripped of its assets by a, um, an alien race. And uh, they want to stop that from happening anymore because, because earth is next. And, and so that's that's the main theme in the story. Uh, 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 the rings uh, are not only powerful, but they extend the, the life span of a person. So the, the Valerie Dunn, the main character, uh, ends up uh, fighting against this, uh, uh, you know, alien force uh, taking over the galaxy until she's 3,000 years old, and then uh, Earth starts to lose. So she hides, and they come after her, so she hides in the past in 2431 BCE. And, and, and she lives out her life there, and, and then is reborn in the 21st century. So, so there's kind of a cosmic melding of that main character in the 21st century, where she becomes self-aware of her, of her former past. So it's a, a good... Um, a good story. Interesting. Yeah, I, I thought one of the interesting themes early on, and uh, of course I can't do any spoilers because I read the first, I don't know, 30, 50 pages or so, uh, is is the idea of the uh, the bad, uh, what was the name of the, the, the bad guy race? The Boweki. The Boweki. Um, the, the Boweki as, as kind of a, almost reminding sort of the Easter Island story that they they expand because it's what they do, which then creates a institutional machine that requires more inputs, which requires them to expand more to get more resources to feed their military machine. And they couldn't even stop expanding if they wanted to, because there's their civilization is based built on this, this constant expansion, you know, similar to the, uh, the 15th, 16th century Spanish empire, which had to keep expanding to get more gold. And if they ever stopped getting the flow of gold, they'd collapse or, um, yeah, that's a, it's an excellent comparison. Mm-hmm. So, so that they, the, the, the Boeki are so numerous that, and they have a, a super long uh, lifespan. They're so numerous that they they they're forced to strip entire solar systems of their assets, and and that's what happens to Hesseron. And and then one of the next stops is the Sol system, and and so that's the battle. The battle is against a uh, you know a, a um, race that that uh, takes everything and leaves nothing, regardless of of their, whether or not they're sentient. Uh, life there, so they they strip complete biosystems, uh, and and of course they need that to keep their keep their machine running and functioning. So yes, and they they eat everything, including uh, you know uh, people, their own dead, uh, everything. They just they just consume. Interesting. Okay, and then of which, course that which makes might sure. be a little bit of a metaphor for today's uh, yeah. world. You yeah. know, take everything, give back nothing. Yep. Yeah, and that, that makes for a very uh, you know compelling villain because uh, it makes it 
clear like these are definitely although they may have motivations beyond simple you know being pure evil uh it it makes him a villain that uh you can feel comfortable rooting against which i think is kind of a good thing because a lot of stories gotten very nuanced that you're like okay well the good guy won but i feel conflicted because you know the bad guy was really driven by his experience his bad upbringing with his parents and so yeah he lost but i feel kind of bad about it i feel like the boweki if they lose you feel good about that oh yeah uh they have harvest fleets that just descend on uh, solar systems and take everything literally scraping the surface clean of uh, you know uh, of all life and and minerals and everything's just leaving gouges and 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 uh, valleys where there was once soil and and you know a thriving ecosystem so they take everything, even this, now, even the dirt. <laughs> now, I, I feel like, and this might be part of the metaphor. Uh, it'd be more efficient for them to to set up plantations and and farms to, because ecosystem is is more than the sum of its parts as an active unit. But but I, I imagine the Boeki, their their culture doesn't think about that sort of long term. How can we turn this into more? It's just how can we take and then on to the next system. Mm-hmm. And a, an interesting twist in the book is uh, uh, Valerie Dunn, the main character, teams up with a with a, a Boeki renegade. He he has made his home on Hesseron, and uh, and if you look at the cover of the book, um, you can see uh, what the planet kind of uh, looks like, and and the the heroine standing there looking at the rings. The rings are mm-hmm. massive uh, mechanoid um, machines that are sentient and and they actually they resize themselves and and uh, attach themselves to uh Valerie Dunn so it's interesting um and then the then the later on the struggle is to control these rings after she reacquires them in the 21st century yeah yeah that's about as far as i've i've got it it seems to be kind of compelling across a number of different uh different platforms um so so what what most surprised you as you um, went on to this, started going to this novel writing journey. I'm sorry. As, so as an author, what, what was the, the, the biggest learning that surprised you um, in the process of becoming an author? Well, I mean, it was a lot of surprises. Uh, like I said, also, um, the biggest surprise was that I had a story. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I thought I was some kind of writer. And I had to teach myself how to write a novel. And, and it, you know, basically... Uh, saw the need to do it and had to pull that rabbit right out of my hat. And, and it's, you know, writing a novel is a lot different than writing technical data uh, <laughs> or, yes, yeah, a, or a website uh, or sales literature. Um, and, and that's the single biggest surprise uh, for me personally was that I could do that. And not only did I do it, but I think I excelled at it. Great. Uh, and, and so obviously you're, you know, first time writer and you're getting out and promoting the book effectively getting on, on podcasts. So you've got, you know, a lot of reviews on Amazon. Um, so, so what have you found to be successful or effective in getting yourself out there? Well, my wife is acting, uh, Tracy is acting as my publicist and, and she is, uh, really done a bang up job and, and she's got, the, she's got the name out there, uh, you know, my name, uh, the, the book it's, it's popping up everywhere. She's doing a wonderful job. Uh, and are, are there some some things you've learned in that process that you would you would recommend to other new writers? Well, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to complete the second book right now, so I'm just uh, I've handed the ball off to her and she's running with it, and she's just been amazing. She she's learned a lot of you know uh, 
most authors, you know, whether they're good or bad or talented or not, they, 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 they can write, uh, but they don't know how to promote. And, and she's just a natural at it. So we're, we're a good team. I think she, she, she's got, um, uh, you know, like these podcasts, uh, I've done several podcasts now. She arranges everything for me and, and, uh, and it's so, working nicely. So the key to being a successful writer is to have a, a great wife who knows how to promote you. And, and I've got one. There you go. That's a great, uh, great. <laughs> and she's good looking too. Even better. Yeah. Even better. That is, that is <laughs> a lot of wind right there. Uh, and, um, and of course, you know, very important to to keep said wife happy. So good to, to slip some compliments in uh, into your well, podcast, which I'm sure she'll go back and, and listen to. And and she's a writer in her own uh, right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she she can write. She's amazing, uh, but she gets it and she knows what you know what has to be done to right. to, to promote a book. And, and you said your process is you, you don't so much map it out as kind of the story develops as you write it. Is that do I understand that correctly? That's that's the funny thing. I never mapped out anything. I never started with an outline. I didn't even know what I was going to do. I just sat down and started writing, and 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 like I say, I focused on the on the characters that I thought up, and and it and it uh, it's really about that. The this the story is the character development uh, is is one of the main themes in the book. Uh, these people come alive for you as you mm-hmm. read the book. Yeah, I've I've heard some writers say that their characters basically become alive to them and effectively writing as a process of revealing yeah, the characters reveal the story to the author who then shares it with, with the readers. Yeah. I, I remember when I first started writing, I wrote myself a note and stuck it to my computer that said this, what did it say? It said, uh, you are the narrator. And, and so, you know, a lot of books uh, you know, are just full of conversation and they really don't develop the, the characters well. Um, I brought up Orson Scott Card earlier because mm-hmm. I love I love the way he uh, developed the characters, and that that's why those are bestsellers. Um, uh, you know, and another one is uh, The Hobbit, of course. Right, excellent job uh, of of writing. And another favorite author of mine is uh, Neil Stevenson. If you haven't read Cryptonomicon, I, I uh, you know I recommended it excellent character development lots of fun to read and that that's one of the things i tried to do was make this fun and and uh, really develop the characters and it isn't just one conversation after another yeah it it's about the people yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and, and yeah really because that's what people identify with whether you're you're into science fiction or not so to speak as looking at some of your reviews and one of them said i'm not normally into sci-fi but this book was great and yeah, it's about people, and it's about people in in different dynamic situations, and that's that's what science fiction allows. Is is you can have aspects of time travel and eternal, you know, long life and resurrection and all these things you couldn't do in a, a non genre novel. So it kind mm-hmm. of free, frees you yeah. as a, as an author, be like, oh yeah, I killed that character a thousand uh, five hundred pages ago, but I can bring him back because his brain was converted <laughs> to a machine, and then they built yeah. a new body for him, and. Um, We've got a character like that as uh, uh, Valerie Dunn's antagonist, Stone, is mm-hmm. was so fun to write. Tracy and I talk about it all the time, saying we've got to figure out a way to keep, keep this guy alive because he's just <laughs> he's just too good to pass on. And he's been a really fun character to write for. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I've also heard some authors say, 
you know, some people say, well, well, you know, shouldn't you really take the storyline in this direction because because that might be more acceptable or the audience might like it more? And and the audience says, well, I, I would, but but the characters won't let me. Yeah, well, um, that's the great thing, like you said, about science fiction. People can be resurrected, come and go. Look at the mm-hmm. Star Trek series. They killed off Spock and brought him back. Yep. So, yeah, you can you can get away with murder, <laughs> quite <Yeah>. literally. <laughs> yep, do do whatever. Yeah, I, and um, is so so. I, I, what what other ways have you found that that the science fiction genre allows you to be more free in the storytelling than you would in um, in something more down to earth? Uh, just that imagination, and wherever you, you're, uh, you know, if you let your imagination do the driving, you can you can just come up with all kinds of good stuff. Um. And be, you know, are, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, just uh, it doesn't have to be um, reality. You know, that's that's why people read science fiction is to is to take a journey that is unusual, uh, different from everyday life. Yeah, I think. Yep. Yeah, that's that's great that you can kind of explore those. Be is that different from everyday life and and explore new you know new concepts and and adventures. Um, and in terms of the the characters, um, you know, talk a little bit more about about how they develop and what you're able to do do with that. I'm sorry, would you reword that rephrase? So, it? so with the, you said it's a lot about you know character development and and growth and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, sir. How how are they able to grow throughout the story? And is there anything that you learned from from uh, guiding them on their journeys? Yeah. Um... You know, Valerie Dunn, the main character, uh, uh, you know, I started out with her in the 21st century and then I decided, hey, here's a good idea. She's got to she's got to escape these uh, aliens in in the future. So let's have her hide in the past. And so you can just that's the the thing I love about science fiction. You can just uh, drive it in any direction you want and and uh, nobody's going to. Uh, say well that's impossible you can't do that mm-hmm. uh, anything's possible with science fiction and fantasy so that that's what's really fun about uh, being a writer and and you have a character you love you take that character wherever you want fantastic uh, so so as i'm telling people about how how great this guest i had on my, my podcast is now they should read the book what should i tell them about um about rings of heseron that will make them say oh i've got to read that um, the conflict between um, Valerie Dunn and Stone is really a lot of fun. Um, also, there's other, some other really good characters in there. Uh, people love Jerry. Mm-hmm. Jerry is is a is a, a teenager who um, who um, Stone Stone gets badly injured and ends up in a motel trying to recover. And Jerry's the night clerk, and <laughs> and he and he and he ends up. Uh, being Stone's sidekick for a while, oh, and 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 employed by Stone, and and there's one scene where he he goes and buys a car, and it's hilarious. Uh, people just love that part of the, the of the book. What happens? And there's there's a lot of fun and humor in the book, and I think that's one thing that makes it different is science fiction with a sense of humor. That, and I'm going back to um, Cryptonomicon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he kind of did that. Um, Neil Stevenson uh, did that. He, he has a, 
a character. I can't even remember the character's name in it, but the, the, the sergeant uh, in Cryptonomicon uh, had me holding my sides with laughter. He is really funny. And nice. um, yeah, Stone's relationship with Jerry is, is sort of that way. It's really funny. Yeah, I, I always enjoy anything where, where you have a character who's who's very powerful but not able to use their power for the situation. Um, so, you know, Stone, obviously very powerful, but uh, but uh, I assume, you know, the challenge he's dealing with, he can't just overpower it. Um, I, I think about the TV show Burn Notice, where this guy's a super spy, but the challenges he has, he can't just pour his spy skills straight into. Um, or, or sometimes situations where, you know, the character is able to solve a problem that for you and me would be insurmountable and for them is a bit simpler because they're a, you know, say for example, a world-class spy dealing with some neighborhood thugs. And, uh, yeah, and you, what you just said reminded me of um, Walter White. What was mm-hmm. the name of that series? The Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, yeah. Isn't that what made Breaking Bad fun was the mm-hmm. character development? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, and, and everybody that... I, that I've ever heard of that watched that loved the characters. Uh, and and uh, that's what made it unusual. The writing was really good. Yeah. And, and characters always what it's going to be, what it's going to be about, um, you know, regardless of what it is. Cause I, I, if, if you want to read about the science, you read a, a technical manual. Um, you know, you, you want to read about the characters and how, cause that's what you can relate to no matter what the, no matter what the story is about. Um, so well, yeah, this is yeah. This, in my opinion, this is one of the problems with with um, so much, uh, uh, so many science fiction novels is mm-hmm. is people get stuck on the tech and and you know, the science and 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 that can be fun too. But but uh, so often it's um, it can get tedious. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you definitely need to make sure the tech is is um, you don't want it to be jarring. You don't want it to be something where you say. Wait, why would they? Huh? How would they? Huh? Um, I, mm-hmm. I think about actually a book I just read, Orson Scott Card's Empire, um, and it, it's it's basically about you know modern politics and taken to the extreme level. But then there's some random sci-fi tech in it that just I I'm not sure if it really adds to it so much as it got me thinking like, wait, is that even possible? Because the book takes place in 2008, and I don't know. Um, you you want to really focus on the characters and not. And, and make the tech kind of the background and the scenery more than, um, more than, you know, be thinking about like, well, what does the science say about this? Let me go read a physics article to see if this makes sense. Well, yeah. And, and in my book, I, you know, I, I try to be accurate as possible and, and, mm-hmm. and I do some research, but when you're not uh, focusing on the tech, uh, it allows you uh, more opportunity to develop those characters. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's in some way why, um, uh, why Harry Potter is so popular? Because when you use magic, like what are the rules of magic? I don't know. They're kind there of isn't any. <laughs> yeah, there's kind of rules except when there's not, because you know it's magic. So yeah. <laughs> whatever the plot calls for is what magic can do, and yeah. don't worry about it because it's magic, and you're not yeah. a wizard, so you can't really understand it, but you can kind of understand it. It's a it's a really good get out of jail card. Yeah, yeah, and so it lets you really focus on the characters and, and what you can do. So that's that's a really really powerful thing. Um, so it's been, been great to connect you, learn about the book. I, I'm certainly looking forward to, to reading the rest of it. And then your second book, when that comes out as well, now that I have this read on my phone technology, which is very exciting. Um, are there any uh, final thoughts you'd like to leave us with before we, we let you go? Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, 
you know, the web, we have a website at, uh, peterherrett.com mm -hmm. and, and, uh, we have, uh, uh, hardbacks, uh, softback and, and soon there'll be, um, the audio. Audio for a good. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been recorded on audio. It just has to be produced. Nice. Um, and, uh, Amazon doesn't, doesn't, uh, print. Uh, hardback so we have them if if you want uh, a, hard, a hardback and for for the next month or so we're gonna be all the hardbacks will be signed oh nice so that that'll be nice yeah um yeah so if you want to know more go to peterherrett.com or you can find the book on uh goodreads or amazon okay and that's herrett and, with two r's and two t's h-a-r-r-e-t-t -T. right um, and so as uh as the world's opening up and, and events are starting again are you are you planning to go to conventions and, and whatnot, start making some appearances and getting in front of people. I, I'm going to leave that to Tracy, my publicist. <laughs> okay. You'll just be writing and letting your beard grow out. Yeah. I, I got to finish a second book and okay. let my beard grow. Yeah. And I lock myself in the basement. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Well, I, I, there's certainly a lot of fans. Yeah. When, when they see their, their favorite authors doing appearances, they'll be like, it's nice to see you here. Now go back home and keep writing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't that's you have some what, writing to do, Peter? That's <laughs> what Tracy keeps saying. You better finish that second book. Yep. We're promoting it, so people are looking for it. So better get yeah. on that. All right. Well, I will let you go because I imagine you have some writing to do, but it's been great to have you on the show. And, of course, people can find you at, as you said, Peter Herrett, H-A-R-R-E-T-T dot -T com. And the book is available on Amazon. That's Rings of Hesseron. And it is a lot of fun, very character-driven, and uh, certainly something worth checking out. It's been great to have you on here. And uh, I appreciate you taking a few minutes away from writing to share your story. Yeah. So get to work, right? Get to work. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Thank you. This is the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with Michael Whitehouse. Segment introductions by Rowan Whitehouse. Our theme song is composed by Patrick Howard of Four Unicorns Design. Other music was Bits and Bites by Klaus Appel and Summer Ambient Piano by Raphael Crook of filmmusic.io. Find us on the web at www.guywhoknowsaguy.com Questions can be submitted in written form or as an audio file to michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. You can also follow The Guy Who Knows a Guy on Facebook at facebook.com slash theguywhoknowsaguy. If you know someone who may enjoy this episode or the podcast as a whole, we welcome you to share our links with them. Thanks. I'll see you next week. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV dash connect.com December 12th and 13th 2023 we'll see you there